welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Drennan. If you're a floral designer on a mission to build a profitable and thriving business, then you're in exactly the right place. I'm on a mission to bust through the secrecy of our industry, make it easier for you to know exactly what to focus on to help you build your business and teach you my favorite mindset hacks so that you can learn to show up with more confidence and authority as you grow your business. I am so grateful to be able to share my journey with you, pass along my best shortcuts and get you on the path to feeling more confident and making money doing what you love. No matter where in the world you're tuning in from, remember, you've got this. You know that moment, that moment when you're setting up for the ceremony and the musician has just plugged in their amp and they're doing their little sound check. I reckon that moment is like the best moment. It's like, that's when all of the backstage performers and the producers and the directors and all the people, the stage coordinators doing their thing. We know what magic is about to unfold and it just gives me the chills. I just had a flashback of that as I was testing my audio. (laughs) Sitting there thinking, testing, testing, one, two, three, (laughs) testing, testing, one, two, three. Anyway, it's not very glamorous. This whole world of podcasting, I know it sounds glamorous, but there's a lot. (laughs) Like, why isn't my fucking audio working? Why is my mic crap? What's happening here? What's happening there? Alas, here we are. I take a lot of just like pause and peace of mind knowing that Jenna Kutcher started her podcast in her car. Guys, like we can all just start with what we have, no matter what the dream is, no matter what we want to be doing. I think as creatives, there's so much value in just embracing the constraint. Embrace the constraint that you don't have the latest software, you aren't going to pay for that piece of technology, or you're going to use a cardboard box for your deliveries. Like I think there's so much value in us really focusing on what we have and really just embracing the fact that as creatives, constraints are our BFF. Absolutely. And today, I had this idea for a really long time. And I thought, hey, we're 10 episodes into this, what I'm calling season two. (laughs) In case you're new here, the first season lasted about three years. (laughs) But we're on season two of the podcast. So the next chapter of our flower boss journey. I had this idea that every 10 episodes, I wanted to sit down and share with you a couple of lessons from some of my favorite teachers and some of my favorite mentors. And some of them are going to be floral designers. Most of them won't be because that's who I've probably learned the most from. But I thought I'm going to start with a person who most of us know who she is and the beautiful Holly Chapel. I had the honor of being able to participate and I paid to be part of one of her in-person workshops way back in the day. So this was 2017 when I think many of us know that we operate in a totally different world. I was only, I want to say, three years into my flower business journey and I was living in Australia. So I paid a bucket of money, a bucket of money to 
participate in the Chapel Designers Workshop in North Carolina in 2017. And it was the peak of summer. It was hot and humid, and I'd never been to North Carolina, and it was amazing in so many ways. One of the designers who I fell in love with in Australia, she was one of, I should say, she had participated in the Holly Chapel had come down to Australia. I think she came down once and one of my favorite designers went to her workshop and I kept kind of coming back to this idea of I wanted to learn how to create work like this other designer. So I did make the decision and we did pay a crap ton of money to fly over from Australia to the United States to stay for three days. So it was a three day immersive workshop in a beautiful old, I think it was like a schoolhouse in kind of the middle of nowhere outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and just everything that came with that. And for those of you guys who have been part of the chapel designers, or you are a chapel designer, you know what I mean when I say there's something different that happens at those workshops and the real sense of community. Because you are brought together by somebody who has a very clear passion and mission and purpose, and that filters down into so many different levels of the workshop experience that Holly put on. And so this workshop she put on, I think this was like one of the last series of workshops that she put on before she kind of went gung-ho with um, the farm. And so they were, <laughs> if I think back now and I look at, you know, truly from an outsider's, because I cannot even imagine what it's like to be Holly Chapel, but from an outsider's perspective in terms of where her and her family have taken her business and what they get to do in terms of really creating legacy within the floral design industry. And I think I just feel so honored and I'm so grateful that I took the chance when I had the chance to be able to sign up for one of her workshops and really get a glimpse of what it was like to be I think part of a very specific chapter in Holly's life. And I still think this is one of the things that probably surprised me, but I think surprises many floral designers when I talk about this, but I still carry with me to this day, some very fundamental lessons that I learned at that workshop. There are some very functional things from that workshop in terms of mechanics and you know, different ways to approach installations and event production and lots of like lots and lots and lots of just pure experience that you get to learn when you're in the room with these designers and designers who have been designers for decades. Like there's just, it's an unmatched experience to be able to stand side by side with a designer who's been a designer for that long. And I think it's so fascinating to think now, you know, seven years later, that I still carry with me so many incredible lessons from that three-day experience. And I thought, hey, I'm just going to share three of those lessons with you because it might help you in your creativity. It might help you in your philosophy in terms of how you run your business. And most importantly, it might be something that you carry with you from now through to the end of your floristry career. And I think, I mean, that literally leads me to lesson number one. And at the time, you know, and this is purely an opinion of one person who isn't inside Holly's head. <laughs> 
But we had some incredible open conversations, very vulnerable conversations, and just really understanding like, what is it like to be a floral designer really committed to the long term? For those of us who found floristry, you know, partway through our career, right, where it's like, I had a totally different career before I fell in love with floristry. This is like, probably part two, who knows what part three will look like. But this idea of, for those of you who have been designers since you were a teenager, I think there's such a special magic that you carry with you and such a spark that you carry with you that I look at and I go, wow, like the experience, the amount of change that you've seen in this industry, the amount of growth that you've experienced as a human, and just so much that you get to carry with you, that I find it such a privilege to be in the same room with designers who have been designers for decades. That's something I can't emulate myself, but I just find it so inspiring to be in a room with designers who have been designers for decades. Because I look now and I've even seen just in my time, right, just in my time of being a floral designer, how much change has happened. But I imagine those of you that have been designers for decades, back in the day when there only used to be carnations, leather leaf fern and baby's breath, just the amount of change that's happened from a wholesale perspective, from a slow flower movement perspective, from a new varieties perspective, let alone just the changing landscape of marketing and how easy it is for your average person to just come in and start a flower business and just how important it is to keep evolving, keep changing and keep growing as a human. So one thing, and I will say the first thing that I learned that I really carry with me from Holly Chapel is the idea of no matter how long you've been in business for, no matter how many credentials you have, no matter how many hours, days, years, you've been flowering, keep experimenting. Keep trying new things, keep pushing the boundaries and keep coming back to what's working for you and keep coming back to what you want to shift and what you want to evolve. And it seems surprising when I think of somebody like Holly Chapel, who's been a designer for so long, but this like constant re-evaluation, constant iterating, constant trying new things. And at this workshop, so 2017, she was just about to come out with the egg, right? Like that agreement had just been signed and they were just going into production on that. And it was like such a super exciting time to kind of hear what it's like to be inside of her business. But also understanding that that mechanic <laughs> existed well before it became like popular. And it's so interesting how... I know, like from my floristry certification, I remember one of my teachers saying, well, Kathleen, there's kind of only like six mechanics that a florist needs to learn. But the real value is in how you combine those mechanics, knowing what mechanics to use when, and 
knowing how to use them together in a way to help you create the look that you want to create. And I believe that to be true, right? And it's so helpful to see Holly Chapel experimenting and at this workshop trying new things, going, this is what I'm going to try. I learned this mechanic from this person over here, and then I'm going to put my own spin on it this way over here, just to see what happens. So that idea of just true, like creative experimentation and never stop iterating. It's so helpful to know, even if you've been a designer for decades, you get to continue to evolve and grow and change. And if you're a brand new designer, that learning curve that you have, that you get to really throw yourself into the deep end, that you get to play and experiment, don't lose sight of that ever. I think it's so easy for us as artists to just completely let go of the fact and assume, okay, well, I found my style. Now it's just like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And it's like, yeah, but if we owned a restaurant and we fast forward for 20 years, we can continue to innovate. We can continue to adapt. We can continue to change in whatever way, shape, or form we want to. And I think that's such a valuable lesson to continue to carry with us through our entire floristry career. Lesson number two, and I titled this one, Push the Color Palette. Those were the words that she used and it was just in like a sentence and she was just talking about color and <laughs> I was like obsessed over all the different ingredients that I couldn't get in Australia and I was the what's the name of this rose and what's the name of this over here and what's this over here? <laughs> like I just was like a sponge taking all this information in but in a very seemingly unexciting conversation that we were having as a group about proposals, navigating client inquiries, she just very eloquently and casually said in response to a question that somebody had is, oh, but your customer doesn't actually know, like your client doesn't actually know what colors are going to best suit their wedding. They don't know what flowers are in season. They don't know what's going to look good with that particular color of navy. They don't know what's going to look great in that environment. No matter who you're working with, they don't have the point of view and perspective that you have. And that just has stuck with me. This idea of giving ourselves permission to talk about color, to talk about the experience of an event and to talk about the ins and outs, knowing no matter how many years of experience you have, your point of view, your perspective is valid. You spend so much more time looking at color trying to dissect color theory, feeling pulled, feeling your intuition, just whatever your process is in terms of picking color palettes, that is of tremendous value to your customers. And she really talked about bringing color to life on an event. And I will say I've taken this probably to the extreme <laughs> where I will absolutely, if we've decided that the color story is going to be bridal bouquet will be fairly neutral and understated. There'll be some pops of color at the ceremony. Kathleen will absolutely truly push the color palette at the reception as far as I can. And I do that out of personal experience because I once did a wedding in a fairly bland, boring room that had white flowers on the table. And I literally walked around the room going, this is such a giant waste of money. This isn't exciting. This isn't adding to this experience. 
And I will say like the client was super happy, but I'll go, oh, Kathleen's going to take from this experience that maybe white flowers in a white reception room with white linen, unless you're going to do it in a very bold and textural way, maybe there's a different approach. Maybe when the client comes to us and says they just want white and green, maybe it is the perfect time to be like, you know what, in this room, you need some color or you need something interesting or you know what, maybe flowers on the table isn't going to be a great investment. Maybe it is just candles. And having that conversation and having the courage to share your perspective, the courage to speak up and the courage to just simply share your point of view. I now know that for the reception, I am going to be as bold and as colorful as I possibly can. And I'm not going to like break the rules. And if we've agreed with the client that everything's going to be, you know, shades of pink, I'm not going to all of a sudden come in and be like, well, I changed it all. And now it's all yellow. But I will really use my creative license and really use my experience to go, you know what, in this instance, yes, we're going to push yellow, but we're going to also include some pops of orange, maybe some bright lemon, like something that's just going to add a little bit of contrast so that, yes, it's going to feel like pink, but really understanding that as the designer, I'm the one who has the expertise when it comes to color in particular. So this idea of really pushing the color palette, and it's probably one of my favorite creative exercises because it's unexpected. And every single week when you're looking at that wholesaler list, it's like, I'm going to do something slightly different. How far can I push this? If I add lemon into this, if I add purple into this? If I add white into this, is this going to contribute? Is it going to make the color experience better? Or is it going to detract and kind of deter from the overall experience of what I want to do? So this idea of giving yourself permission to play with color through the whole event, but also give yourself permission to speak up with your client. And so much of this comes down to our ability to manage the client's expectations and to build trust and to build such a great relationship that it kind of doesn't matter what you do at the reception, because particularly if you're in Australia, everybody's completely half smashed anyway, so nobody's paying attention. (laughs) Really using your creativity and allowing yourself to pinpoint the experiences in the wedding, in the event as to where you're going to push that color palette and knowing that you get to trust yourself in that experience. So this concept of really pushing the color palette as far as you can, I find that so fulfilling because it means that we get to try new things, experiment, really ties into lesson number one, keep iterating, keep evolving, and keep pushing your creativity. And lesson number three, and this comes from the idea of when you've been in business for as long as some of you have, when you've been in business for as long as Holly Chapel has, at some point, you will be required, or you should (laughs) think about the bigger vision, the bigger picture, the bigger impact you want to have in your business. And I didn't take Holly's guidance and expertise to heart at the time because I was still in the space of thinking the more weddings I do, the more likely I will feel successful. So 2017 was the year that I said yes to doing 100 weddings and it was a utter disaster physically and emotionally and financially because none of those were priced right either. 
But alas, <laughs> here we are with an abundance of content for a podcast. I remember her sitting there and this was like at the end of day two and we're just really talking about the idea of what you're doing in your business and the value that you're offering your clients. But this idea, and you could see like Holly had a very different perspective on her business because she's so many years in, like she's seen so many weddings. She's worked with so many clients, just so many stories to be able to share with us as industry peers. But this idea of really thinking about with this privilege that we have of running a business, what's the impact that we want to create? And for her, you know, telling these stories of how many Saturdays did she want to sacrifice so that she couldn't go watch her kids soccer game? How many Saturdays did she want to sacrifice so that she could be dealing with crazy brides and their crazy moms? And just providing an alternative perspective, which I in hindsight, seven years later, find such a powerful reminder of we get to create massive impact with our businesses. And this doesn't have to be like worldwide epic billion dollar impact. It can be if you want it to be. But even this idea of being very intentional with who you want your business to be in business to serve. How do you want to show up as a business owner? Who do you want to bring in? Whose lives can you impact? Who can you bring in as an employee in your own business to make a positive influence in their own life? You could become a role model for some incredible human beings. And that idea had never really occurred to me. And the fact that like our leadership as CEOs in our business, we could really pave the way for whether it's the next generation or helping other women who are older than us, younger than us, same age as us to really see value in what they have to offer the world and how they show up. And you can do that when you are employing those people in your business and you can really be an example of what is possible. So this idea of just taking that 10,000 foot view and really thinking, okay, so yes, I started my business because I wanted to make money for myself. I wanted to not have the big fancy corporations really being able to take advantage of my brain and make money off of my own experience and intelligence. That's why I started the business in the first place. And then I really got to the point of going, yes, and I want to use my own creativity to be able to solve problems in new ways. And I want to help bring a little bit of joy to the everyday lives of the human beings. And I want to make money with flowers. But also bigger than that is this idea of I want to run a business where I am an employer of choice. I want to be able to empower the employees in my business. I want to have a positive impact of the people that I bring into my space. I want to be able to help women in particular really understand their value as human beings has nothing to do with their years of experience, how much education they have, and what it's like to build self-esteem from the inside out. And I'd love to be able to do that within my business. And I want to be able to create a positive economic impact in my area, because where I spend my money, who I spend my money with does matter. And I get to decide. It's like my ultimate vote in terms of 
Who am I going to support in my business? What other businesses can I support? Who can I spend my money with? And the ripple effect that comes with being financially stable, having profit that you can share with your community and being able to create an impact in so many different ways. So I will say, I actually think the lessons I learned from Holly Chapel resonate with me more now than they did seven years ago, even though at the time I signed up because I wanted to learn how to design in a very specific style. I wanted to, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I totally thought that being in the room with her, I would learn like the magic to feeling confident and to being a good designer, which <laughs> if anybody has been following along, you'll know that at the end of the day, confidence is an inside job. But this idea of I was convinced, right, this was my time, this was my chapter in my business where I spent up to $50,000, what many consider an insane amount of money to actually be able to go to so many amazing florist workshops to continue to grow and invest in my business. And I look at those investments now, and I continue to reap the rewards from it. And one of the things that I will pass on to anybody who's thinking of signing up I think this is true for any program, any course, any training, any workshop. Decide ahead of time you are going to be a sponge. Decide ahead of time you are going to be the next case study, the next testimonial. You're going to be the gold star student. And I had paid a lot of money to get myself over to North Carolina and to go to this workshop. And I wanted to make the most of it, really knowing this was a once in a lifetime opportunity and really like tease out of this whole experience as much as I could. And I met some amazing people who I still like carry them around <laughs> with me in my head. And I keep thinking, what would you do in your business? And what would Stephanie do in her business? And what's Janie doing in her business? And even though I don't talk to these people every single day, I'm like, these women are so incredibly inspiring to me. And I find it so helpful to just stay connected, even if it's just in my own head, <laughs> stay connected to the lessons that I learned at these workshops. And so if you're looking at a workshop, if you're looking at investing in a workshop, know that there truly is no right or wrong. And I will talk about this as I go through these podcast episodes in the future. But if I could go back and change one thing, I 100% would reinvest in going to that workshop with Holly Chapel as much for the other people that you meet as for the fact that you have an abundance of flowers, you have access to a dozen different professional floral designers that you can ask all your seemingly dumb questions to. And you get to connect with some amazing human beings. And if you go to a workshop where somebody's going to take your photo or you're going to get photos of your work, that's such an incredible added benefit because this was one of those moments where two photos that were taken at that workshop, I got to use on my Instagram feed again and again and again. And it really started to level up our marketing because it just took us into a different stratosphere. So don't ever stop investing in your own creativity. Don't ever stop investing in yourself. Don't ever stop investing in your business, even if you've been in business for a really long time. If you're feeling called to sign up to a program, if you're feeling called to sign up to a course, you're never too old. You're never too experienced. You're never too anything 
to be able to say yes and make it happen. So I think it's such an incredible experience to be able to share these lessons with you guys. And I'm so excited to be able to kind of have every 10 episodes to go through and be like three lessons learned. And I think I already know who I'm going to share in my next podcast episode. So I'm going to wrap it up there, my friends, because there are probably another 25 lessons I could share with you about that one workshop that I went to. Hope this has been helpful. Please drive safe, eat your vegetables, drink your water. And as always, my friends, go out there, make some money, share your work with the world, be bold, be brave. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now.